Hello everyone, I am Brennan Sahajan and I tend bar at Washington State's best beer bar, the Manitou Tap House. I decided to make a podcast because the regular customers who come in are the most eclectic group of people I have ever met, and I want all of you to know the perspective and stories from the people from my bar. Today's guest has been a Manitou Tap House Tap Club member for the last few years along with her husband. She is a very strong woman, both physically and mentally, recently coming out of a battle with breast cancer, as we talk about a bit. One of the most kind and positive people I've met. It is an honor to share with you Tara Baker with two Ks. I've never done one of these before. Well, I... I... I haven't either until I started this, so... That's pretty um, cool that you do this. We are recording. Oh, yeah. okay. Fantastic. Hi. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> um, so, for, first of all, I just want to say thank you for doing this, and I appreciate your time, and I know that it's valuable, so... You bet. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> no worries. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Um, Me as well. Right on. Well, <laughs> it is your house, so... Well, I, there you go. Um, first question, jump right into it. Who are you and what led you to be that person? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I'm Tara Baker. Um, physically, I'm a five foot nine tall gal, 40 years old. Um, kind of an athletic build. Don't say anything. It's not, that's not really <laughs> what I, I know, exactly I know. thought. Mentally, um, I don't know. There's a lot of things that kind of drive me, and I love what I do for work. I work in biotech sales and uh, more in the hematology world of cancer, but I love reading articles like that. Um, I love reading books on World War II. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right. Probably my favorite one is Beneath a Scarlet Sky. I'm actually currently reading All the Light We Cannot See. Um so Not I, really, some but. some things that might surprise you since I come to the bar and grab grab beers and and <laughs> I love going out to eat and grabbing grabbing beers. I also like wine. Um, from a social standpoint, I love being around people. Um, but most of all, I absolutely love my dogs, my cats, um, my friends, and uh, the ultimate most of all is my husband. I love Craig. He's just amazing, and he's just been there for me throughout. Yeah. The last 14 years that we've known each other. That's yeah. awesome. Well, so that's kind of a little bit about me. Probably growing up, I would say, I grew up just north of Kansas City um, yeah. in a smaller town called St. Joseph, Missouri. Cool. Um, the Pony Express is there. It goes all the way to Sacramento. You yeah. don't really need a history lesson on that necessarily, but um, yeah, I grew up there. My, <laughs> my parents are from, my dad is from Southern California originally. My mom's from Chicago. Okay. Uh, I have one brother. He's two years older than me, and we grew up. We were very close. Um, went away to college at the University of Missouri, about halfway across the state, between Kansas City and St. Louis, and uh, got a degree in nutritional science and almost minored in exercise, exercise science, or um, but I did not. <laughs> it was close. Um, other than that, I think kind of what drives me and what makes me me is um, I just love being athletic. And I guess growing up, um, what made me become the person that I am today is yeah. more so it's not the it's clearly the experiences that you've had throughout your life. But I think it's more so the experience that pardon me, the experiences that you haven't had. 
So growing up, my family didn't really have a whole lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, We had, I mean, there were certain times when I remember when I was a kid where the lights would go out and my parents were like, okay, well, everybody jump in the car. Let's go pay the last three months worth of the light bill. So it was interesting and we didn't really take a whole lot of family vacations. Um, So I love vacations to me. It's more so I don't necessarily need stuff, but I really enjoy like the whole going to see new places, visiting, seeing new people, learning new things. I love history-based anything. I hear you. That's awesome. Culture yeah. Culture and experience. But it's about spending time during those experiences with the people that you love. Yeah. So I would much prefer to, you know, travel with Craig or other friends or family or something like that. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, when I got dropped off at college, my dad just let me know, if you need any money, then you should probably get a second job. So I worked two jobs throughout college to pay for college and never asked my parents for a dime, which, you know, as a college student, it's kind of hard, but you make ends meet. So you figure, you figure it out on your own. Yeah. So I understand that as well. Yep. So that's kind of just a little bit about me. Anything else that you can think of that I might be missing out on? Uh, I don't know. Missing out? Don't you know my whole life? Yeah, I, uh, no, I mean, I just like, um, maybe... So like the person that is inside your head talking to you all the time, who who's, is, is that? Who is that? Yeah. You know, that's a good question. <clears throat> I think that's probably one of my pitfalls is that I don't really like to be alone inside my head. Mm. <laughs> Why is that? I just, you know, you just start overthinking life in general. And I think it's good to reflect on life and reflect on things and... Mm-hmm you know, journal or get through that stuff. And sometimes you just kind of want to push it to the side and you're like, I'm going to go for a run or a long bike ride or go to the dog park with the dogs or go for a long walk with them. So you don't, or like, call friends. You don't like the voice that's in your head. Well, I don't dislike it. I like where I'm at in life. I, I feel like I'm, I've got my, I've, I've got my head together. I've got my, I've got my, all of my stuff together. Yeah. Overall. Okay. Yeah. I'm not super close cool. with my parents, so anytime mom or dad pops up on my phone, I really kind of cringe a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I absolutely adore my husband, Craig's, um, I love Craig's Same parents. Family. Yeah, they're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. <clears throat> so everybody lives back in Missouri, and Craig's family lives in uh, part-time in Missouri and part-time in Montana at, at their cabin in Ennis. So a little bit Southwest of Bozeman. Really? Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, so there you go. No, that's, that's cool. That's interesting. Um, and yeah, that, that is a very good answer to the first question. Well, good. <laughs> um, well, let's change it up then. And what is worth dying for? yeah what's 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 alive and what's worth dying for um you know does any do you do you think that anything holds enough weight in your brain that you think is worth dying for absolutely i think that my my friends my family uh especially craig i would jump in front of a moving car for my dogs or my cats but hopefully they're not outside because they really should remain inside the house <laughs> the dogs on uh on the other hand they uh like to run out and greet people kind of such mm-hmm. as they did with you just now yeah so <laughs> i would definitely um if craig needed a kidney i would give him my kidney mm-hmm. if craig needed you know 
a transplant of some sort and I was an immediate match, I'd do, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. Awesome. And it's interesting that you would put your life on the line in front of your dogs? I would. Wow. Why is that? I have... So if you were to win the lottery and you were to win enough where you could <clears throat> put money towards something, mm-hmm. I would probably buy a ton of land fence it in and take on as many dogs as I possibly could um, and pay people to help care for them and, you know, make sure they get exercise and love and a warm place to sleep and, you know. Where'd that come from? I'm just a huge, I'm, I've always been a huge animal person and mm-hmm. I grew up with asthma and horrendous allergies and we grew up, when I was growing up, we had a dog and a cat and we had to put them both down probably by the time I was in second grade, mm-hmm. but I was very attached to both of them. Um, and because of my asthma and allergies and my family probably couldn't afford it, we never got any more animals. So I've always wanted animals and my asthma has since gone away, but my allergies have remained. So I take allergy meds every day so that I can have four pets. (laughs) So, so I love them dearly and I would take on more if Craig wouldn't, um, maybe divorce me. I don't think he wants any (laughs) more. I'm a huge lover. Yeah, I love animals. Yeah. They sleep in bed with us. Yep. Really? We have a, a nice king bed, and Craig and I are pretty tall people, and we have two, you know, we have a sheepadoodle dog, Ferguson. He's almost four, and then Aspen's a uh, Bernadoodle. She's a Bernice Mountain Dog Poodle, and she's also 70 pounds. Lots of fur. The kitties like to sleep on our heads, and walk all over us while we're also sleeping, but we, we make oh, it work. <laughs> wow. All right. A little uh, different than having children, I, you, but you got that right. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> so. Hey, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I mean, I, I like dogs. I just wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but I like dogs as well. Different for different folks, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, where, where does your inspiration come from? Um, I'm grabbing a beer right now. Yeah. Um, my, my inspiration probably comes from what I do for work. The patients that suffer from late stage cancer mm-hmm. are mesmerizing. And I am drinking Holy a blue beer smokes. right now. <laughs> what is this? There you go. So blue Hawaiian sour. As a side note, my brother-in-law, my husband's younger brother, is a master cicerone. He's one of maybe 19 in the world, and he was number 13. But he sent us for Christmas a huge shipment of sour beers, which we but we both like a lot. And uh, the one I just opened up is blue. <laughs> Why is it blue? Um, the, the coconut. There was something. No, it's not blue because of the coconut. Um. Horus aged ales? We looked it up. But that might have been after a couple of years, so I don't quite remember. <laughs> and it was, you know, five days ago. There's plenty of other things that I've thought about between then and now. <laughs> it, I mean, it, to- it totally looks like... <laughs> Once like, that goes down, like you the, need to taste it. The high school kids that I, you know, I sub for, and they, <laughs> they go and get like their red I think it's 8.2% ABV, too. This? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. You sure? Yeah, it's 4.7. Oh, that's it? There was another one that didn't... Okay, never mind. I'm sorry. There was one that tasted like grape juice. Oh my gosh. And that was... It smells 
It's totally like a blue Hawaiian, like the drink, like the blue. Carousel. It tastes just like coconut. Coconut. Yep. Holy smokes. So, so anyway, what was the question? I apologize. I, beats me. Hey, uh, you know, there's stuff, <laughs> there's stuff going on. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Where does your inspiration come from? Oh, okay. So my inspiration really comes that's from. Bizarre. I can't believe that's. <laughs> you'll have to taste it, but. Yeah, so I, I work in uh, stage three, stage four, so locally in, in metastatically advanced cancers, um, mostly now in hematology, so a lot mm -hmm. of lymphoma, um, myelodysplastic syndrome, which is uh, a, a deviation of cancer that can turn into something else called AML, which you they're terrible. You just don't want to get any of that stuff, but it is typically not curable but for example i was in an in-service last week and i usually we don't get one-on-one -on -one time with the patients we never really get to talk to, to patients because of hipaa and there was a patient that was in there and he's in charge of their survivorship program at the clinic i was in mm -hmm. he was talking to my colleague and i about uh, getting diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and back in the 70s he had worked with asbestos and at that point in time, no one knew how horrendous asbestos was. Mm -hmm. Finally, I think in the early 80s, he said uh, the asbestos, basically, it was well, it was known to cause cancer at that point. So he quit. And then about eight to 10 years after that, I want to say, got he found out not only did he have lung cancer, he had <laughs> stage four. It had metastasized um, as a solid tumor. It had metastasized to... I think his liver. So you basically draw a quadrant at your diaphragm, just mm -hmm. like kind of where your rib cage meets up, right? So above you have like one spot, you're stage one. Two spots, stage, stage two. And if it's locally advanced at stage three, it's kind of, there's one spot above and one spot below the diaphragm. And stage four is basically, it's kind of all over the place. So it's just, it, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's nearly impossible to cure stage four. It's something that, that you can live with for a really long time these days, but it's just, it's almost impossible to cure. Mm -hmm. So at stage four, when this gentleman was diagnosed back in 91, and he is sitting across the table from me in 2020, telling me this story, uh, he was given six months to live in January. Mm -hmm. And he said, do you know what I had to do in seven months? We said, absolutely not. What do you have to do in seven months? And he said, I had to walk my daughter down the aisle. So I, when I called, when he called his family to let them know I've been diagnosed and they asked how long, it was kind of a morbid conversation, clearly. And he said, you know what? Forget the curve. Forget all of that. I'm walking you down that aisle. Like, I'm done. Like, we're not even going to look at that curve anymore. And he was well enough. They, he walked her down the aisle and he was on chemotherapy. The chemotherapy shrunk his tumors to the point where they could actually try to go in and resect them and pull and cut them out. When they cut out part, they cut out a couple of his uh, large sections of the lobe in one of his lungs. And when they dissect it after during um, surgery like that, they will pull it out and they will dissect it there on the spot. They found the one piece of asbestos that actually caused all of it. Holy smokes. And then pretty amazing, right? Yeah. Back in 91 and things have gotten, it's progressed a lot, but there's still a long way to go. But when they found that, 
You know, everything, they, he, he went back in for more radiation and chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Six months after that, they couldn't find any cancer. And he's been in remission since then. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. amazing. So yeah, right to make a, a short story a little bit longer, that's really what inspires me. Mm. Um, it, just getting out there every day and doing what I do. It's pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah. Well, how, I mean, so how did you... Um, you want to taste? Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> how, how did you get from exercise science to this or whatever? Well, I think that kind of is part of my growing up, right? When my parents basically just said, you're on your own. Hmm. What do you think of the beer? It's a little bit sweet for me. I'm not a huge... Yeah, one's good. Wow. <laughs> Pretty... Pretty interesting to drink a blue beer, though. Most definitely. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't taste bad. It's just not like my It's not, it's not a good go-to. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Anyway. Um, so, what was the question again? Well, where I lose track quickly. Oh, yes. Um, and, I mean, so what about when you were going to college? Obviously, that wasn't your inspiration then. Well, no. Um, I think... Why I chose from jumping from my major to what I do now, um, I chose that for a lot of different reasons. I chose it primarily because my family grew up poor and Mm -hmm. I originally wanted to get into dietetics and be, (coughs) excuse me, a dietitian. Mm -hmm. And I realized that really didn't make a lot of money. (laughs) So for financial purposes and me being able to take care of me and pay off my student loans, I wanted to get into sales. My dad essentially told me when I graduated from college that you can do sales or you can do business or IT or something like that. And I'm not an IT person at all. So, so I decided, you know, maybe, maybe sales might be my route. So I kind of lucked into what I'm in now. Um, originally right out, out of college, I kind of feel like I worked at Dunder Mifflin. Oh, <laughs> My boss was a little awkward, like Steve Carell, and yeah. um, I did sell paper and pencils and oh, printers. You were yeah, at, oh, gotcha. yeah. It wasn't called Dunder Mifflin, but basically, sure, it yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The boss would actually go in and peek at people's browsers and things like that when people, after people had left for the day, and mm-hmm. see what they were doing, and it, it was just it was different. But I got out of that, and then I started selling kitchen cabinetry and uh, designing that stuff. And, and did, did you have anything to do with that? I did. I designed the kitchen. Yeah, so. it's, it's very cool looking. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, but I can also install kitchen cabinets too if I need to. I'd prefer not to. So, but I I actually brought the drill to our relationship. Craig didn't own a drill and I did. So, <laughs> so there you go. But uh, awesome. f- after that, I kind of realized you know I, I missed the scientific part of what my degree was. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do something with that, and then. Um, I interviewed for my first biotech job and ended up getting it. And I loved it. I love talking and I love learning about the human body, how things work inside the human body. Yeah, me too. Different molecules, things like that. Yep. Hmm. Cool. It's cool stuff. Well, right on. I mean, and there's there's always something new coming out daily. That's to me because I, <laughs> I feel like I'm just in a weird transition where I, I don't know what I'm doing. But, that's a, We all have those though. Yeah. And that's usually when you find you need you need your inspiration, but you don't know what that is, right? Yeah. You just well, I, you'll find something. You just might not know what it is right this second. Yeah, it's definitely. And that true. is okay. 
100%. Some of the most interesting people I know still don't know what they want to do, right? It's This is something I fell into, and I absolutely love it. But That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, right on. Very cool. Um, well, want to jump into the next one? Okay. <clears throat> do you feel in control of your life? <laughs> These are getting really deep. <laughs> I, I, well, all of them can be as deep as you want them to be. Well, this is true. Um, overall, yes, but then I did, uh, two years ago, I had, I was diagnosed with breast cancer mm-hmm. and, ooh. <laughs> hey, you made it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, yes, I feel very, in, pardon me, <laughs> in control okay. of my life. But, uh, yeah, there are certain times when you realize that your health might be the most important thing and isn't that the truth yeah just but when something check is hard smacks you at 9 a.m on a tuesday morning you just don't realize what that's gonna be so yeah overall but right now i feel very in control of my life which that's awesome that's a life lesson that's learned <laughs> yeah no i i get it um and I'm so happy you're healthy. Me too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it, it's totally okay. Yeah. So. Uh, do we no, no, no. You're it? fine. Okay. <laughs> right. um, well, I don't know if you want to expand anymore, but what what holds you down? Like if you, when you don't um, feel in control of your life. You know, you I think just negativity. Yeah. You know, just from other people. And definitely during that point point in my life I was as positive as I could be there were definitely my down days or not even days just moments Mm -hmm. but overall people people negative people essentially they Mm -hmm. just I don't have time for that yeah I I like other people and I love hearing different points of view but if somebody is just a negative person um, I think that's kind of why Oh, gosh. Um, that's probably kind of why I keep my parents away. Okay. Gosh. I, I really, I didn't mean to push these buttons. No, you're fine. But I appreciate I didn't know it. you were pressing these buttons, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, think, I think it's good. Yeah, so. Therapeutic. About, talking about hard things, like, re- it releases that hold that it has on you. I it think. does. And... Um, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I think so. Um, it's just, it's so much better for everyone, you know, just, you've got to see the positive side of things. There's just so many good things in life. Yeah. That is very true. So, yeah. Well, I'm. Good I'm, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm so glad that you, that this is like hitting you in a in a poignant way oh absolutely Um, and i appreciate your willingness oh you bet (laughs) i and i mean i can't i've never i haven't been in a situation like you've been in um but if that's the card i was dealt i'm glad i i'm glad it was me honestly um i had a little bit of a difficult time i mean i had four surgeries with 
the expectation of one and done. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told I, w- I had one and done, and then I got an infection, and I had a pick line, right. and you know, I had my last surgery six months after. I'll probably have one more. Really? Yeah. That one's easy. So basically, I'm finished. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, other than that, I mean, if that's the card I was dealt, I'm glad it was me and not some 80-year-old woman that can't handle it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I can handle it. I am pretty athletic and I get out there and I try to overall take care of myself. Might partake in beer a little too often, but <laughs> no. I enjoy it in my downtime. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. No, I, I get it. It's awesome. Well, I mean, I know this isn't really part of the question, but I, if you don't mind, I, like how... How has that changed you? Oh, gosh. Um, Well, physically, and I won't get too in-depth on the physically part. I mean, there's, it's a different feeling, and it's just very, I never thought I would have, you know, anything that I would actually physically do to my body to make Mm -hmm. myself look a different way. Yeah. Um, I'm okay if other people want to, that just wasn't something that I actually wanted to do. Um, mentally, you know, there's, I went in for my year anniversary checkup and she actually told me, you know, you're, she, she feels like it's pretty safe that I'm okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll look at it again in two more years and then probably at my five year anniversary and you know, mm-hmm. I'll be cancer free. It's just gonna happen. It is gonna happen. <laughs> there's there's no ifs or pardon me. There's no ifs ands or buts about it. So you know, yeah, I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm gonna be good. You are. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just you know, it's it's a tough thing to go through. I I can't imagine. Forty year old women are supposed to get mammograms, and I was only thirty eight, mm-hmm. and they probably wouldn't have found it with a mammogram. So. You know, it's just, you just never know who it's going to hit. It could hit somebody who's 75 or two, Yeah. you know, or somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's part of life that you don't expect and don't want, but sometimes it happens and, you know, you just kind of have to bite it off in bits and pieces and learn as much information as you can about it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, I mean... Is it a daily thing, or you try to like not think about it, or, or how? no? You think about it. You, you don't get sad about it, but you're mm-hmm. just like, okay. I mean, I can. It feels weird to not have like my own body parts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just you know. I also, especially within the first year, because of what I do, I learned about um, possibly the type of cancer that I had or might have had. Mm -hmm. Um, it's called, there's three different parts to breast cancer and they, they check your status for your ER and your PR, which is your estrogen receptor Mm -hmm. and your progesterone receptor. And that is part of the HR status, your hormone receptor status. So those are the two hormones, right? The estrogen and the progesterone. Um, and I tested negative for both of those. So you can either test negative or positive. Um, I was negative, meaning that my hormones did not play a role into my cancer. Um, The second component to that, or the third thing that they would test for, um, is your HER2 status, and that is either positive or negative. I was not tested for that because I was earlier on in in the cancer when when it was found. It was Mm -hmm. uh, ductal carcinoma in situ. 
<clears throat> or DCIS, but the HER2 status had that been negative, I could have been triple negative. And that is a really shitty cancer to have. You yeah. just, it, there's hardly anything out there to cure it or treat it. And it progresses really quickly. And it's usually found in young women. Mm. So I kind of fit the bill for that. But it wasn't that. We don't know. Oh. I still okay. don't have my HER2 tested, but I don't think I need it tested because it was found early enough on where it hadn't progressed. Gotcha. So, yeah. Hmm. Yep. Well, I mean, gosh, I, there sometimes that there's like a there's a danger in finding out more knowledge, though, don't you think? Like, does it does it mm. if you find out more, like if you were completely ignorant about right. what you were just talking about, you wouldn't even have like a worry about that. But That's now, true. It, That's I true. Mean, but because of the nature of what I do, it's that information is at my fingertips yeah, I guess that is and true. I have um, physicians do you that... feel that because of what you do that mm -hmm. just like helped you hand over fist like because yes and no like mm -hmm. I said earlier I don't like being alone in my own head because then I start mulling through all that stuff yeah and I'm kind of you know it freak it freaks starts to freak you out and you're like okay you need to knock it off and you're gonna be <laughs> just fine you know, your, your mind cycles that way. Right. And you yeah. kind of, you go down, you start to go down that rabbit hole and then you have to like, from a, a good Missouri, um, analogy, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just say, you know what, I'm going to get through life. I've, I've got this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, and just say, you know what, if the doctor says I'm okay, but sometimes with physicians, you really do with doing what I do, you need to realize you have to be your own best advocate because sometimes the doctors overlook things. So it's good to go in there with a lot of questions and it's good to kind of poke the bear with them and say, I'm not okay with this and this is why, but let's talk through this. And I want to, well, I want to fully understand why you are telling me to do what I, sh what you think I should be doing yes. when I think that maybe something different should be taking place. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's a fascinating world, and um, I sold uh, medication in breast cancer, so it's it was it made it that much more real. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's exactly why that's what inspires me to do what I do every day. <laughs> yeah, I, you're living testament. Um, <clears throat> well, so I I'm a big time hippie. <laughs> and, and so I, I mean, I've, I, I've heard about all of these other things. Did you look in, into like alternative medicine and stuff too? Kind of. Yes. I, so I befriended, um, I used to do triathlons and I used to many moons ago. I was, um, I did three Ironmans mm -hmm. and I was the, I was on the board for the St. Louis triathlon club. Yeah. You're a and badass. The, I know. No, 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 not at all. She's a badass. I'm, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but through that, I made a, a close girlfriend that reached out to me when I had put it on social media on, on Facebook that I had gotten diagnosed. Mm -hmm. um, she reached out to me and let me know that her older sister had also just gotten diagnosed the day before I did. Wow. So she lives down in Austin, Texas, and her name's Kim. She's amazing, but she is very naturalistic mm -hmm. and didn't want to do any tamoxifen sure. or any other medications yeah. or anything like that. And so um, we had 
even though we both had kind of the same type of breast cancer, mm-hmm. we had very different routes of um, fixing recovery. fixing the situation. Uh-huh. Um, and re- not even recovery because she ended up, you, there's a, a surgery that you can do where you can pull your own body fat out um, of your thighs and your stomach, and then you can replace your chest tissue with that tissue. Uh-huh. Um, the doctor, when I went in to see her, unfortunately, Fortunately and unfortunately, I was pretty lean because I had just finished yeah. a pretty serious mountain bike race, and the doctor told me I didn't have enough tissue to replace the tissue that I, I needed to replace, so she suggested implants, and we had to move forward from there, so <laughs> so that was fun. It was like going shopping, right? You get to choose your size and everything, and you know, you, you can't help that, <laughs> so, so life is good. And since I'm athletic, we're we're gonna go uh, in the athletic direction where they they get they're a pain in the butt. <laughs> so anyway, but that's irregardless of that. Um, Kim was amazing throughout that process, and I learned so much from her about the naturopathic way. And mm-hmm. I and also in doing what I do and knowing that how some of our, the chemotherapies do work, because I know chemotherapy is kind of a bad word out there. People mm-hmm. don't want to hear it. They know that they lose their hair. They know that it causes all these side effects. A lot of them are reversible, um, but it's there for a reason. It's there because it kind of kind of goes in and it melts the cancer. Oh, yeah. Such as the, <clears throat> the late stage... Um, lung cancer patient that I had mentioned earlier. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, just, it's pretty amazing, but there's so many other new types of medication out there that are really beneficial for the patient. So I just, I'm a strong believer in, there's a lot of research and development going on for all that stuff because there isn't a cure. If there was a cure, somebody would, you know, blow the whistle and say, I found a cure for cancer. I'm getting paid off. Right. So I don't truly believe that there's anybody out there that does have a cure for cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, the cure will be found, hopefully. Uh, but right now, they're just it's trying to be, become more of like a lengthy... It's, it's going to be like a... I don't know. Kind of like diabetes, I guess. Where it's going to be a lifelong issue, but it's something that's going to be manageable. So hope I'm hoping that that's the case. I believe in naturopathic medicine in a way... Mm-hmm. And I do believe that a lot of the food that we eat plays a huge role into cancer. And I've looked into a lot of different diets and I'm completely, I eat organic foods mm-hmm. uh, if I can. Um, for the most part, I refuse to eat anything with the skin on it that is not organic, you know, fruits and veggies wise and stuff like that. And mean, I, I pay very close attention to that stuff. And I actually considered becoming um, vegetarian over this, but... Hmm. I'm not. <laughs> well, that's about as far as I got. <laughs> um, well, I the the reason that I brought that up is just because I've um, I heard about a mushroom therapy actually. Oh, really? Uh, the, Do tell. Um, well, there's this this leading mycologist in the world. He lives in the Olympic Peninsula because apparently that's oh. where all the best mushrooms are. Um, across the board every kind of mushroom (laughs) and yeah and um he his mom had had uh like stage four cancer okay and and you know they told her she had no time or whatever and Mm -hmm. he 
put her on this mushroom therapy and it just mm -hmm. on its own went away and she was eating um or i don't know if it was just eating or if they were broke it down and were mm -hmm. injecting her or what they were doing but it was a uh, turkey tail mushrooms have you heard about those? i have not so i'm yeah. gonna have to look that up yeah you should look up turkey tail mushrooms the guy's name is paul stamitz and he's a he's a crazy mushroom guy okay and he just believes mushrooms are like the ultimate being on this planet actually to that extent Interesting. Yeah, and he, he believes that they have like a communication system and stuff, and they um, they bring things to the human body that like the mushroom consciousness goes into you and okay. things of that kind of nature, which you know I'm not I whatever I don't know I don't know enough <laughs> about mushrooms to even say anything like that, but these turkey tails specifically um, like ate away the cancer like have you ever literally. tried a turkey tail no i have not um huh. and i don't know i don't know where you can get them i wouldn't like, even know what they look like i'm well, not good they with... literally look like a turkey tail like a, a oh. spread out turkey tail they have different colors and they're like really um, yeah okay that makes um, sense why they yeah, would be and they're called that yeah um i don't know I don't know anything else about them except for that story about, and then I know I've seen online where people have looked them up and they, they, you know, they've turned into a market where people are, you know, producing it now. Huh. Um, I was I, just curious if that ever came into your world at all. But not, apparently. I actually <laughs> didn't, I did, all I had to do was have surgery. And then yeah. after the surgery, the, the initial surgery, I had to have another surgery cause I wasn't healing properly. Um, and then, um, Ferguson, Missouri mm -hmm. Brewing Company. Oh, is that why that no. dog's name Ferguson? Kind of. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, I didn't actually have to take any medic, no medication for me Oh. and no radiation. It was oh. just surgery. Oh, okay. And then a couple more surgeries, but yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. And then while well, the, I did have to take medication, I did have a pick line with, um, yeah. that was inserted. Yeah. yeah. That was my one, my one and only time, like literally for the whole summer, I, because I was on antibiotics. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> technically, you're not supposed to drink on antibiotics. So I think right. I, I walked up to where you work and mm -hmm. had a, a beer. And that was probably the joy of my summer was having like a beer here and there. Because I, I can probably count on one hand how many beers I had all summer. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Water under the bridge. I know, right? right? Beer under the bridge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cheers. Thank Cheers. You beer. This is a very good beer. Yeah. Happy Hops from Russian River. Yeah. Happy Hops IPA, yeah. That's delicious. Fab. I'm glad you like it. Mm. I think it's pretty good. They usually mm -hmm. put out some good beers. Yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, next question. <laughs> No, that, that that one was that's beautiful. We we got across a lot of. There's a lot going on. There is. You have a lot going on. Not really. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, I'm really not very entertaining. And, and she is a badass. We no, know she will not admit it. Um, so, what have you done that's truly wrong? And can something be truly wrong? 
what are your thoughts and opinions on that? Go. Oh, yeah, that's that's just the <laughs> easiest question to answer. <laughs> let me let me deep dive into everything that I've ever done wrong. You know, running stoplights and. Well, that's. I mean, really, that's not truly. I wrong. I know. I'm teasing. Um, Honestly, I don't feel like I've ever done anything truly wrong. No. What? Because of my version of how I believe what. I guess the statement of something truly let's ex- innately let's wrong. Expand on that whole well, concept. I feel like it's a little more for me. I feel like something doing something truly wrong would be someone hurting someone else with the intent of empowering themselves mm. by feeling like a bigger, better person, or that they have capabilities over somebody else, mm-hmm. or um, with the intent to truly harm them um, when they didn't do anything to deserve that. Now, if you're trying to protect yourself, that's clearly does not fall in that, yeah. you know, but, you know, just, just to, to, for, just because you're a total complete jerk does not mean that you need to take that on anybody else in a physical, yeah. mental or emotional way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's truly wrong. And I try very hard to be cognizant of not hurting anyone with my words or, um, you know, physically or anything like that either. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, I don't know, for me, that's kind of cut and dry, but okay. Good. Is there anything else that's truly, truly wrong to you? I, I really believe everything that you were just saying, um, um, specifically causing like harm to someone for no other reason than to either benefit yourself right. or for the purpose of causing harm. Um, and sadly, I've, I've done that. Um, just, I don't know why. I mean, I was a, I was a very mischievous child. Okay. And I've done a, done a lot of things that are truly wrong. Um, I don't know. I, and, and I've talked about it in in other podcasts or on this question. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it's really a shame and I regret everything that I've done. Okay. But, you well, know, that's... I mean, also I think that there, um, there's a lot of, about, I don't I mean, I, I don't want to say coming of age, but it kind of is like a coming of age thing where, um, kids are stupid and they, they're learning as they go, but I still think that even though you're learning, you can, you can definitely do something that's wrong and not know it. I, I believe that think there are things that are inherently wrong without anybody telling you it is or not. Without, right. I mean, like, um, obviously you came up with that definition yourself mm-hmm. and I think it's great, but I... I don't know. I'm at, I I think that there are other things that are wrong. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just curious. I'd like to think what, or hear what you think, and <clears throat> that's that's good. I I wish I was in the camp to say that I haven't done anything, but but you said you were remorseful true. for what you did, and hundred oh, percent. But you know, I feel like I've been doing. <laughs> I've just been doing wrong things my whole life and and, you know i get live and learn it's um it's good when you're able to check in with yourself and say you know 
not every minute or every hour or every day, but every, every now and again, it's kind of good for me to check in with myself and say, am I going down that path that I want to go down? Because sometimes there are times when I'm, you know, maybe I'm coming up to the bar a little too often and having a couple too many drinks. And it's like, do I want to head down that, you know, this crazy path of, you know, I would wake up and not want to go work out or something like that. And you're kind of like, you know, is this the path that I want to choose? And it, that's just a, an example, a small example of that. But, you know, there's other, there's just so many other things out there. And I really, truly feel that 99.99% of people are, when they're born, they're just good people. And I'm not a religious person at all, but I just think that people, everybody makes bad choices and on, on a multitude, on, on a very large scale. Um, I, th- I think that, you know, you can make small bad choices and extra large bad choices, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, everybody makes bad choices and they make different bad choices throughout their lives. Mm-hmm. And just because of that, um, so for instance, um, my dad right now, my stepmom had seven years ago, I had um, a lower back surgery because mm-hmm. I had a micro discectomy and they had to pull part of my disc out and kind of basically burn the little ends back together to make sure that it was just still floating there in my, yeah. in my lower back, um, without any fluid. But at the same time, she went through my, my stepmom, she actually went through, um, a quadruple bypass. Yeah. She is type one diabetic. So her veins, nope, she's never smoked. My dad smokes two stogies a day and basically refuses to quit. He doesn't think that he's doing anything wrong. He also thinks that he's not inhaling and he would do it in a little tiny room in their garage, like his little wood shop and the ventilation system in their house. It basically, it shares a vent with their bedroom. And so she was, she could smell it on him. And I mean, two stogies a day since... I think it was when I graduated from college, so 2002. Um, that can do some damage, but he doesn't think he's inhaling it, so he doesn't think it's harming him, nor does he think it's harming her. But he's, he smells like an ashtray. He smells kind of gross. Mm. Um, but she's asked him to, to stop smoking. She's a type 1 diabetic. She overall tries to stay very healthy. Um, she's not obese, and she's a very kind... But she had a quadruple bypass? Mm-hmm. Dang, that's a... If you think about type 1 diabetes, though, your veins really start to, not collapse, but they start to enclose and they start to get a little brittle as you get older, Um, which is why there's, at least back in the day, there were hands and feet that were amputated because of type 1 diabetes. Now we have, right, it it does. But think about how your vascular system works, right? Mm -hmm. And then the veins start to kind of become old and brittle and... Not only is your circulation bad, you know, you're starting to get buildup and that could cause either a clot that could, yeah. you know, blow out and go to the brain and cause a stroke or a clot that could really feed your heart. And I took a look actually at her most recent, she had, so seven years ago, she had that quadruple bypass when I had my, mm-hmm. my uh, back surgery and we were on the phone a lot about everything then. And so seven years later, uh, bringing us to now over um, on... Christmas Eve, my stepmom ended up, she wasn't feeling well and they were supposed to go to Florida for two months, I think. There's being snowbirds. Mm-hmm. And um, she had, 
she had a stress test because she wasn't feeling well. And then they drove to my brother's who lives in St. Louis, Missouri, spent the night with the, he and uh, the girls, he's got four little girls, my four, my four nieces. And then they took off for Nashville the next day and they were going to keep going. And she said, you know, maybe we should wait to hear the test results to make sure that we don't have to turn around and go back. Mm-hmm. Turns out that they spent the night in Nashville instead of keeping, you know, keeping on their, their path down to Florida. And the doctor called and said, we need to schedule you for surgery. You know, it's not looking good. So they turned around and my dad still thinks that, you know, he's upset that their Florida trip is canceled kind of. And he, yeah, I just, I felt really bad for her and he ended up, my uncle was going to fly down from New York to go or to go see them on, on the, their Florida trip. And so my dad ended up flying down there for a week between after her initial appointment with the doctor, after the stress test results. And then when the surgery was, and I offered to fly in to go with her to the, her appointment. <laughs> so... <laughs> So needless to say, she ended up having uh, four stents put in um, at her surgery and she did not have to have another bypass, thank goodness. But I mean, there's just so many times you can open that up and put so many stents in after a while, your veins just really, they, they refuse everything. So, and she's young in my eyes. She's six, she's like 62. Yeah. So. What a shame. I know. And she's just such a, a lovely woman. She's a wonderful woman. She's And she's put up with my dad since 2000. So <laughs> wow. I, I enjoy talking to her on the phone. She's just a very sweet, very yeah. kind-hearted person. Anyway, um, I think that was very wrong with my dad. So I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> so yeah. that's... He's just a very selfish person, and I try to check in with myself and try to make sure that I'm not being selfish, and, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to make sure that everybody else is doing okay, kind of. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is, you know, for me now, I try to add a lot of levity. Clearly not right now, but <laughs> I try to add a lot of levity to a lot of conversations. So, yeah. Well, that's... I it's mean, life. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it it's yeah, life. So. Nobody is perfect. But there are, I, on a spectrum I, I, and on a scale, there's just so many different levels of imperfection. We all have them, right? Yeah. Nobody's exempt. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on. This is probably the question that you needed verification. Or, oh, what? Or a little. Um, Fuzzy on? Yes, it is. Clarification, I have... not verification. Um. So, it is, uh, what is your opinion about the natural hierarchical order um, in reference to humanity? Is right. That, is that the yes, one that that's the one. Clarification. Um, How did you know? Yeah, well, I, just because <laughs> I realize that it's really oddly worded. Um, well, I thought of this question because of a lot of different things that are going on in our current society. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with hierarchy mm-hmm. of some form or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it was the best way that I felt that I could word a question that was vague enough that anyone could answer it in whatever direction that they wanted to go. Okay. So that being said, um, 
do you even know where to start with it or were you well i wasn't sure if it was like a classification system like not at all not at all kings and and queens (laughs) and well obviously that is like a that's a right hierarchy like it's of some sort right yeah governmental so you're talking kind of i'm talking about darwinism survival of the fittest kind of okay or or a a lot of a lot of my inspiration came from um racism yes okay and gender equality mm-hmm. like all of that i think is all compiled into this one oh, oh gosh question. yes okay and so i just want to hear my thought process on all that on all of that oh gosh we don't have enough time for that but <laughs> um honestly i being clearly a woman um and affiliating with women yeah <laughs> that's I really feel that, yes, there is a discrepancy in the views of of men versus women. And Mm -hmm. I feel like overall things are, they're getting better because it's it's more out in the the open eye, right? Yeah. It's in the public eye. And I think that the the Me Too movement was great. I am proud of the women for, all all women for standing up and saying, I'm tired of this. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of discrepancy in pay still. Sure. Um, even with what I do, there's a ton of discrepancy in pay and um, also in um, positions. I do not agree with um, coming, I, I come from corporate America, right? Um, I do not agree with people necessarily hiring um somebody who is black indian woman you know fill in the blank somebody other than a white male um to to do a job to do a higher up job because i feel like there are so many great candidates that are white males that are also getting passed over because of affirmative action because of affirmative action action so i I feel bad also for white males at this point because they are there's some that are qualified and sometimes they need to hit a they have an agenda to make sure that they are not dinged you know so to speak for having you know not having somebody who's not a white male so for not having anybody sure anybody else um other than that i am i I grew i moved here from st louis back in 2015 and we lived 15 minutes away from the airport mm-hmm. and about two minutes north of the airport was Ferguson, Missouri. And that's where, you know, that all basically started. Um, there was a massive, um, there's a huge uproar in St. Louis even before that. And it was, it just got worse and worse. And there was just such a division. And it, it makes me very sad that I'd never personally um persecuted anybody for being a different color or being any type of religion um and i wasn't raised that way yeah even though my dad's a jerk and my mom's also kind of a jerk but (laughs) but uh yeah i just you know i I wasn't raised to hate people because they were different than me and i actually um i like I, we embrace people that are, are different than us. And I try to, I have friends of different colors from different countries that are, you know, affiliated with, 
I, you know, some people that have had sex changes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. As long as they're okay with themselves, that's, well, I just want people to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, I'm glad that this is becoming more of a thing, but I don't necessarily think, I think that also in and of itself, it kind of creates a divide. They're creating a divide by making it a big thing as well. If it becomes such a big thing and people are con- it's constantly in other people's eyes as oh gosh this is this is the new thing that we have to pay attention to, I feel like them throw not them but I feel like people that are pushing for all of this strongly um, I feel like they're kind of creating that divide overall of you know not really sure what I'm trying to say here but. Uh, it's like a saturation process, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I agree. Um, like, just extreme polarization is causing people to be hypersensitive about everything. Right. And and because it is so saturated and so talked about in every form of media, whatever, mm-hmm. um, I mean, along with the Me Too movement, along with... Mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, uh, Black along Lives with Matter. sure, all, all, yeah. all that is just like. So I, I feel like it should ex- be more extremism like extremism is bad. Regard all lives matter. Of, yeah, I, not I, not a certain race, not a certain skin color, not a certain ethnicity, not yeah. a certain gender. I just yeah, everybody's lives matter. Yeah, and including my dogs, they matter too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just truly believe that when, like like you are saying, that because it's so it's so in your face all the time, it is so saturated. We it's getting to the point where it's like festering and oozing because mm-hmm. it and it, and it is becoming ugly out of something that it had like the intentions of it were just right. But it's it's like it's just twisting. It is, um, and I, I it's mean, unfortunate. And I, I don't necessarily have an answer for fixing it. And yeah. you know, well, I, I'm not looking for an I answer. I just right. want to hear what you yeah. think about all any. I just I've worked this. with um, I worked at Mastercard mm-hmm. back in St. Louis, and being a white woman there was definitely a minority, and it was a lot of not white males either. Um, mm-hmm. It was a lot of different people, and I am coming from a sales background and working there. Um, when everybody else would walk down the hall, they would put their head down, and I was the one saying, hey, good morning, and they're like, oh, God, she's talking to me. <laughs> you know, they come from more of an IT background, and I come from more of a I like to get to know people social background. So it's just a, a difference in you know, and that's another difference, right? Everybody has different personality types and some people are introverts, some people are extroverts. And so, you know, a lot of introverts are like, you know, you can make fun of me all you want to. And, but I would like to rather, I'd rather go home and read a book. I'm like, Hey, good for you. I get that. I don't want to put you in an awkward position where you feel the need to talk to me if you don't want to. It's totally fine. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. So it kind of goes for a lot of different types of people. And it's not just, like we said, people of color or ethnicity or anything like that. It's also, it just runs so deep. There's just, people are different. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you, you connect with your people that you are friends with and your relatives sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, you just move forward because you like being around those that are kind of like you in from that as from that mindful aspect. They, they don't might not necessarily look like you, but you guys kind of connect on a different level. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. That helped a lot. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, right on. I I like your train of thought. Um, Well, that comes to our last question then. And this one is, you know, it's more for fun than anything, but I think it it kind of, it defines people as well. Um, (laughs) What's your theme song? That's a hard one. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not an easy question, I, but I There's could. a lot of songs that we all like, right? But yeah, that's a hard one. Um, I can think of a handful of songs that I, I feel like are over the last several years have been kind of really good songs and it's hard to pick one, but um, I'll name a few of them and maybe I'll narrow it down to one by the time I'm done with that. <laughs> okay. Um, I love Unstoppable by The Score. I heard it, yep, that's totally fine. I heard it um, the first time down in South Africa when we were doing our eight-day mountain bike stage race two years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was the song that got me through the race. The score? The score. Is that the name of the band? Yeah. Okay. Got me through the race, got me through cancer, um, awesome. as did that whatever it takes. Power. Yeah. And then... Whatever. The Best of You by um, the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Gosh, I love that song too. It's a good one. So So what, what's Whatever It Takes? What song is that? Um, it's a Imagine Dragons. Oh, oh yeah. that song. Yes, I do know that song. Yep. Well, and that, know, what's this? For me, when I, after I got diagnosed, it was uh, like I was waiting. There, there was two months where after I got diagnosed until surgery and it was just, you know, I was waiting for all these test results to come in. Mm. those so, are good songs I, mean, yeah. I don't know the first one what, do you know words to it uh yes we can play it really quickly no, no, okay no That's you can't copyright infringement oh okay I'm but, sorry no um <laughs> let's see how does it go what's, this? Um, what's the name of the song again unstop or it's it's called unstoppable by the score okay um oh my gosh now of course I'm blanking on how it starts and the middle no, of it but fine I'll play it for you afterwards. If okay. you're really interested in the song, go go ahead and Google that one. Yeah. YouTube okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. For cool. anybody listening. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. Um, that pretty much wraps it up. Yep. Thank you. Awesome. No, thanks yeah. for having me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hope this was... You're pretty awesome, Brennan. You uh, rock. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs>